Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a special presentation brought to you by the State of Quake. We're proud to announce a new series that's going to be focused on interviews called In the Keep, hosted by the motherload of Katala's Keep. He's been a great ally within the Quake community and has done a lot for us personally, so we think you'll enjoy these episodes. So without further ado, here's the first episode of In the Keep. I'm the mother load for the people who end up listening to this. Violent Hello. Heart, what's up? Um, Hello, how's it going? Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. All right, I am currently a software engineer for a large online mortgage company. Um, I've played Quake since Q-Tests, I guess, since I was a little kid. And have been playing Quake kind of, competi- I mean, Quake Champions competitively uh, at the amateur level. I've done pretty well. Uh, by my standards in a bunch of tournaments and have uh, really tried to follow the game as it's it's grown and grind it uh, with all the new metas and all that good stuff. Cool. Um, I guess the first question I really wanted to ask you is like, what, what was the first video game that you ever played? Oh, that's, that's easy. It was Duck Hunt. Oh, shit. Duck yeah. Hunt. yeah, I remember yeah. that really well. I was going to say I had like a, one of the messed up um, zapper guns. Um, I had to like get a replacement or something. And when my replacement came in, it was half gray and half red. Like they'd messed up or someone had done something to it. So I remember that really well. And it wasn't uh, too long after that, I was able to understand Super Mario and play it. <laughs> it's hilarious. You're a full generation older than me, but I, I can say I had the exact same experience. Like I grew up where oh, I grew up is we're just behind. Like it's a whole decade behind in the Southeast sometimes for like technology and things like that. So yeah, I grew up on the Super Nintendo NES. I still have my dad's NES. It's right over there. Oh man, that's, yeah. that's great. I, I actually ended up giving away my, uh, my NES and my Super NES to a family. And that was like six, seven years ago. And those kids, even though they're like in high school now, they still play both of them. <laughs> so I think well, you told it. me that. Yeah, you donated yeah. it to a, a less fortunate family. What a charitable, yeah, right. charitable man this is. <laughs> right, it, was, it was a sad day. There were some tears, I ain't going to lie. How did you come to uh, Quake? Like, what, what brought you to that? Oh, man. So my dad was is kind of a nerdy guy. He's He is the reason I got into computer programming and have the profession I have to begin with. He was always kind of on the cutting edge buying whatever came out and we discovered the doom shareware a little bit late. Uh, I think it was like eight or nine months after it came out. So um, we were behind the curve on that, but we ended up buying the full version. Then doom two came out not, not too long after that. And we were just hooked and um, we were actually playing tennis and doing a lot of bowling at that time. And one of his buddies that did both of those with us, um, gave us a floppy or some floppies that had Q test on it. He's like, Hey man, check this out. And that was the same guy that had given us uh, the doom shareware to begin with. So we went home and ran that thing on our 486 and saw that turtle icon and he instantly upgraded and the rest was history. We played a little bit of uh, Q test over serial cable, you know, terrible transfer transfer rate for data, but low latency. So uh, I guess you could say I started playing quick multiplayer back before i even knew it was a thing what was the internet like dial-up oh yeah oh yeah. man well at that time yeah we had aol so yeah it was pretty bad see <laughs> let's see you you were playing quake 4 that came out in what 2005 right 
Yeah, that came out in, I think, August or September of yeah. five, maybe October. I didn't know high-speed internet existed until 2005. The first oh, time I, I ever saw YouTube streaming was in 2005. Didn't didn't know it existed. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it was, <laughs> let's see, it was 2001 before I got cable internet, and I'd already kind of stopped playing Quake 3 because um, I played a lot of, I played Quake 2 and Quake 3 uh competitively online you know little for fun tournaments ogle online gaming league was a big one for those that remember that uh, lego.net and um ended up playing basketball and doing a lot of bowling really seriously so that ate in all my time along with school and friends and all that stuff so i stopped playing quake by the time i got super low ping and it was it was kind of a shame because i'd always wanted to have uh like 30 ping like machiavelli and immortal and all the canine guys had on those west coast servers when i was growing up in quake 2 and you grew up in like in colorado or around uh no i'm 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 like a almost a stone's throw from the border i think if you pop in the car and head south for not even five minutes you're in colorado where i'm at right now i'm in wyoming oh cool what part like yeah. Like Cheyenne area over by the Chey- like, Cheyenne, yeah, I'm in Cheyenne. Missile complexes and stuff all around you, dude. That's scary. Yeah, they're they're north of me. I'm on the yeah. uh, south side of Cheyenne, but yeah, they no, are, I have a I have a perfect geographical map in my head of where where all that is. It's scary. So, uh, did you see what was that Quentin Tarantino movie, Hateful Eight, about <laughs> Wyoming? Is no, it like that? I, I, I have it on Blu-ray. I haven't watched it yet. It's sitting wrapped with a bunch of other movies that yeah. I haven't gotten watched thanks to games like Quake. This is going to be super tangential. I don't have like a – I have a very loose layout of what kind of things I want to talk about questions-wise. So oh. feel free. This is a doesn't have to be 100% Quake. You can talk about whatever uh, you want. The, I'm going to um, smoke the whole time. <laughs> All right. I don't give a shit. This is not professional. This is this is us having a good conversation. So- hey man, I'm <laughs> I'm just chilling too. No, I mean I've I've been around this area my whole life, so we were pretty late getting a lot of technology stuff. So sometimes my dad we'd have to actually like drive to Denver, drive to wherever mm-hmm. to find some computer components that weren't like super marked up. And, you know, they could actually see without having to order them online, without knowing what you're getting back in those days. And I mean, he, he always hooked me up with whatever he could so I could play some Quake and compete in the little events that I did. But I was also kind of a shit. So I often got my machines taken away from me when I wasn't behaving in school or whatever. It's it's <laughs> really fortunate for you, though, that you had you grew up with a parent who wanted to support that. You know, like a lot yeah, of people would oh. be like, my parents thought I was a loser. I couldn't. You know, I could never play video games, that kind of thing. It's which wasn't really the case after maybe the past twenty years. Like most of our parents played at least you know arcade games or the Nintendo or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's yeah, definitely definitely a shift. Yeah, my my folks they were gamers back then. So like my mom took me to buy a Switch the first night it was out, and as a result, I still like pick up all the new Mario games and everything like pre-order them. So they just kind of show up on our door. <laughs> so she still plays all that stuff, but man, I've always had their support. And like my dad at that time, um, they, my parents split up. So um, I was splitting time between two houses and he made it. So I had two machines yeah. at both places that 
you know, could run Quake and all this stuff. And one of them was a little on the janky side. So if I had like any uh, TDM matches I had yeah. to play, I had to go back to my other house that got a little more frames per second so I could actually help my team. So was there a lot of like parental jealousy or anything about like, hey, he's spending more time at your house? Like, no, he's just on the computer. <laughs> Oh man, I was like, when I wasn't playing sports or anything, you know, I was always on the computer and it was always, I spent the week at my mom's and the Mm -hmm. weekend at my dad's and my dad was always on his computer playing Quake and Quake 2 with me. Just, he played single player and I played the multiplayer. It was a good time. What was the transition? Like, I I can't even imagine because this is, I was a child, but from like Doom 1 to Doom 2 to Quake 1, like what, how did that transition go for people playing? Can you explain it to uh, me? Can you break that down for me? Well, so the single player, I mean, playing Doom, I I was a keyboarder. I didn't use the mouse. So right. Point anything. Then Quake came out and that kind of changed. It was like, whoa. Um, I played Q-Test, I think, the first day with just straight up keyboard. And I was like, man, this doesn't work. Like when he goes up that lift and he shoots at me, I, I can't aim upwards at him without like having to crane my head like real slowly, yeah, you know? Yeah. So... Uh, the second day of Q test, I switched to the mouse and that was actually at my cousin's insistence because he was already using mouse and keyboard for doom and the rest was history. I loved it. I was able to aim a lot better and my dad didn't want to play multiplayer quick with me anymore. <laughs> what, um, what was it like having three dimensional shooting? Cause I know that you enter plus M look on quake one and then you, all of a sudden you can look up and down and everything, especially coming from, a time before that when it was just side to side only dude it was it was really cool like i mean i'm not gonna lie like i ran around a map by myself before i tried it like playing with anyone yeah. over the network and um i honestly just spent a lot of time looking at the sky and the skybox because that stuff was really cool but just having that freedom man it was it was just something else like that was probably one of the most fond memories I had as a kid. And it was just a game. Um, that feeling of like, whoa, this is, this is another dimension and I can actually like do whatever I want. In it. Yeah. I, I don't even understand it. Like I had to go back and try to like, okay, this is the history of these games. Like I didn't play, I played <laughs> Quake three in high school. Like this guy just brought it in to our business tech class. Cause our teacher was not really present. Mm-hmm. So we just set it up on the land, played some Quake 3 Arena, and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anything about strafe jumping. No one in the classroom knew anything about that. It was just like, look at this cool game. It's old. Dude. We're just going to dick around and play. And I don't know. I just fell in love with that. Like, I don't know why. I just That game, like playing, I want to say we were playing on uh, The Longest Yard, or what What was the original name of it? Like The Longest Yard, yeah. Yeah. So we were just playing on that map, like Deathmatch, like, 20 people in a classroom there must have been maybe eight of us playing actually. And there was this one dude called Skittle Dick. And I guess he knew what he was doing. <laughs> I don't, I never figured out what guy in the class was Skittle Dick. Like we were looking at each other's screens. So he's just like running us over. And we're like, how, how could anyone be this much better when we all just picked up this game? And, and yeah. I just, it just started the addiction for me, but I didn't really touch it after that. It took me until I grew up a bit to that Quake champions came out. I did play Quake three with friends like that. I, that were in that classroom. Like I'm still friends with them. And I'm like, Hey, let's buy this. Let's buy quake three. Like we had fun doing that and let's just dick around and shoot each other. But again, I didn't have any, no connection to the outside world of like, this is how you strafe jump. This is how you 
know, like set up your key bindings and everything. So we're just scroll wheeling the shit out of each other. And then we go into servers. I think we ran into Fatality one night. I'm not sure if he still actually does hang out. Because you can really, anyone can change their name. Yep, so, yeah. So, he, so he, like, the, whoever this person is, is Merkinus. And then I messaged him. I'm like, dude, you're not the real Fatality. Come on, stop running around with that name. And he's like, I, I really am. So, and I was just like, well, message back. Like, look, if you are the real Fatality, I'm a huge fan. And I love you. And thank you for hanging out with us. But if you're not, go fuck yourself, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, is is most likely someone else. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. When I was on tour and I played online, actually, I had a really stylish name, like, because, you know, you could do fancy things with characters in older quakes and Colors, games. Yeah. Yep. And some of them had, like, little, like, character sets of icons and stuff you could do. And some people would spoof my name, like, play in a pub as me. Yeah. So, nah, it was, it was probably someone else, man. That's what, that's um, what I figure, too, is, like, anybody who has any kind of Quake knowledge, could destroy all of us and make us think they're a pro. At this point in time, this is a couple of years ago, probably. But at, on the same, at the same note, I was like, how do I know that these pros aren't just jumping into servers, but they're not using their own name? That's There's no way. Yeah, I had I had a lot of fun aliases. I even have a couple I play QC under um, when I'm goofing around or when I'm doing like 2v2 or when I was doing 2v2 ranked with... Uh, one of my good friends, Salt and Vinegar, um, I played as Jalapenos. <laughs> I've run into that Salt and Vinegar name. a couple of times in a game. It's never, it's never a pleasure. He's too good. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy. He's, he's good aim. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll just talk about Quake 4 now. Like, how did you, like, what was the process of you going from, like, a kid who played with his dad to getting into this pro gaming scene? Oh man, so I got kind of lucky. I mean, I was I was a decent player, but I probably shouldn't have been sponsored to the level I was. I basically um played Quake 3 Arena really early, you know, I was still high ping and then got back into sports and all that and didn't touch anything again until I want to say like mid 2004, one of my buddies picked up Quake 2 and was really liking it, so I showed him how to play duel. And all of a sudden, Doom 3 was coming out around the corner. So I picked it up and actually upgraded for it and all that good stuff. My dad helped me with that at the time because I was still only like 20, you know, struggling college kid. And um, I really liked the duel in that. It was it had some quick movement, but it was really different. It was slower paced, you know, for someone who hadn't played a lot of quake in a long time and honestly didn't really understand the finer points of duel um you know like how to work on trades and all that stuff it was a really simple game they set up the maps so you could just run routes over the items you know just straight over back and forth back and forth and they'd respond right in front of you so to break control it was really simple and straightforward it wasn't always easy to do but you knew what you had to do it was a simple dual game and i ended up being pretty successful online at that and playing in quickcon 2005 with some buddies and i was favored to do a lot better than i did it was my first ever real land experience i didn't know what to expect and ran into a good european dueler uh, slain three slain i don't know how you pronounce it but Shout out to um, Slain 3. Yeah, he yeah. knocked me in the loser's bracket. I ended up uh, winning a few matches, ran into 
former Quake Pro or Quake Pro at the time, Daler, and had a very close game with him. Um, I think came down to a couple frags, and that was it. And um, someone named DigiSmack, Tyler Morgan, shout out to him. Uh, he was QuakeCon staff, I think, a few times in the mid-2000s, helped organize the tournaments, actually did pretty well in one of them. Um, caught his eye, and he was working with this organization called My Game Room, and they were doing this thing called Frag Arcade, where they built custom like stat tracking and all this thing for 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 a multitude of games. And he's like, "Yo, we want a sponsored player for Quake Four coming up. Would you, you know, would you do this?" And I was like, "Oh man, sure, yeah, that sounds great." Not knowing fully what I was signing up for, and through some of the friends I made in Doom Three. Um, I ended up having those connections that I had in Quake 4 and to meet some of the fatality people who stayed in the fatality house for a while. Um, learned what, a lot of what I learned there, even though I was a very immature player and eventually getting to play on tour for oh, about seven months, I guess, as a sponsored player. So when I tell people, like I told uh, Kentucky Nerd last night, I was like, yeah, I'm interviewing Violent Heart. And he, he's like, he doesn't know you as well, you know, very well and I He's like, well, what is he? Well, why are you interviewing him? I'm like, well, he played Quake Four Pro, and most people, his reaction is like, there was a Quake Four Pro scene. Like, a lot of people yeah. never played Quake Four. I've never played Quake Four. I watched some videos of it last night to try to familiarize myself for this interview. But what, like, what was that? Where, where was it at? I know that they had they had coverage, but it wasn't like who. There's so many people that don't know. Yeah, so it wasn't really huge. Um it was kind of a, I guess, missed opportunity. They just, I, I love Raven Software. They built, you know, Heretic Hexen, those wonderful games of the past. And I was excited for them to make Quake 4, but the multiplayer just wasn't quite right at initially. Um, there were a lot of issues with the balance and um, all that, but they did add a really cool element. And that's the crouch sliding that you can, you know, find using Slash in Quake Champions today. There's crouch and sliding... It, there was the ramp jumping. What was the other thing? Yeah. Crouch sliding, ramp jumping. Man, I I can't remember. If there was, Rappling, there was there grappling in that game? No, okay. not for duel. Okay. Um, it was all fast movement on crouch sliding if you could L- LG lightning gun real well. But basically, I played it from, well, I went to the Fatality House in November of 2005. Spent my Thanksgiving there. Um, actually, the guy that owns the house took me to his family's thanksgiving street runner jared if you're hearing this shout out to you and um i played in cpl winter 2005 which i believe was won by cooler and i i did terrible my my first sponsored event i just just got whomped (laughs) and uh the game was really like the shotgun was super strong in the beginning and there weren't really any dual maps so if you were really good at quake 3 dual and knew all the finer points that i was still trying to learn the imbalance in the beginning man it was it was a really steep climb for new players such as myself um but i went back home after that event spent christmas with my family a couple months there and actually lost my my rig at that time that i'd bought the previous year for doom three to a uh, huge electrical surge. Uh, oh, okay. I thought, I thought you meant like misplaced. A whole no, computer. <laughs> like a capacitor outside yeah. ended up uh, catching fire and it, it like ruined a lot of electronics in the neighborhood for people. And I had a really 
giant UPS surge protector that thing was plugged into and it didn't matter. It still killed a lot of the components. So I spent, I think two weeks out of commission while my sponsor got me a new rig. Um, and I think that was in May of 2006. I went back out to the fatality house, spent my 21st birthday on the road playing in a, what was then WSVG event. Cause they bought all the CPL events kind of took over the quake and everything else. Um, played in a, event in Louisville, Kentucky on my 21st birthday and did a little bit better, but lost to someone I'd actually just beaten in an online qualifier by like 30 a couple weeks prior because, um, well, my sponsor had kind of made me a little bit nervous for the match, told me some information. If I'd done well, uh, I'd gotten like a little bit more money and all this. I was like, kind of like shitting a brick, like, Oh no, what do I do? And, um, I ended up kind of just, ruining the match which was okay because then they all felt bad for me and we had this kind of documentary crew that was following fatality and all those guys those dudes took me out to uh, hooters for my 21st birthday and um all the waitresses made me stand on a table while all the dudes and them saying happy birthday to me so even though i got knocked out of the tournament pretty early it was a great experience very memorable one of the most memorable things from my quick four times I was fresh out of basic training on my 21st birthday. That was. Oh, wow. Yeah. I can't, uh, not, not a relatable story. Like I don't have anything that could even compare to, you know, I'm with my heroes on the road on my 21st birthday. That's amazing, dude. So explain, explain to, well, go ahead. Say what you want to say. No, no, I was going to say it was, it was a great time. I can explain whatever you want. What was like for, for people who are, who may be listening to this, aren't familiar. What was the, process of getting into the fatality house like what was that know the right people and be really lucky <laughs> <laughs> so this is are uh, they scouting or no like basically i made friends with um his name is jared jared Bryson. street runner was his alias and he kind of owned the house that all those dudes were playing in and they were playing at that time in the cpl world tour for painkiller in 2005 and um, actually, initially, when I went over there to play Quake 4, they were still, like, wrapping that up. Um, I think they had two events left, like, one of the main qualifier events and then, like, the final event that was televised on MTV. So they weren't playing Quake 4 with us right away. But basically, I went there. I played with a bunch of the dudes that were already there, um, made, Any, made inroads. Anyone and else of note? Not not the first time. Um, yeah. The guys playing Painkiller, like uh, Jonathan Wendell, Fatality was there. Old Quake Legend. Um, oh, man. I feel bad for saying this. I can't remember his name. Oh, man. There was uh, Brian Grafton. Zen uh, was his name. AIM. A couple other Europeans, I can't remember, that were, were kind of in and out because he, he did bring in a lot of different people, you know, for a week, couple weeks, month, and they'd fly back out, you know, to, to wherever, overseas or somewhere else in the States if they were native to here. Um, oh, Wombat was the other guy that was playing. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I he remember you him. mentioning him. Yeah, I actually got to play Mario Kart with those two dudes, <laughs> and that was that was crazy nuts. But they, they all were playing PK, Painkill, the first time I was there. So, um, you know, I went home for Christmas, all that, and there was kind of a hiatus. There weren't really any tournaments until May or June of 2006. So I went back out there in May. Everyone had kind of readjusted, 
and um, we were all playing together. And at that time, I believe Clamp, Clamp OK was there, Sabian. Um, Rafik Lost Cause was there, Fatality. I, I think Chance had just been there or was there after I left. Um, you know, just a lot of people coming in and out that were wanting to play, along with my sponsored people and the crew following us for the documentary. It was, man, it was, that was a full house. So how how was it dealing with all of that and traveling and sponsors? Like, were they covering your plane tickets or your dri- driving you places? So I traveled with the group. Um, they they paid for my plane tickets, but it was always sort of like with the group. Um, they paid for my food, my lodging, all that stuff, and gave me a little bit of extra cash each month. So like I was like fully sponsored. I wasn't necessarily salaried. I had exponential money, if you will, for you know, well, just just so I could make it through the events and everything without having to work and deal with all that good stuff. So the sponsor essentially is like, here's the amount of money we're paying you just to sponsor us, and then any, I'm assuming cash prizes if you won something is yours. Like you take that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I only won like I won a good amount of hardware, like almost five thousand dollars at, and then I got third at behind. Uh, a couple of check six players, Clock and Destruct. Clock won that event in Denver. And I got uh, top 16 in some other smaller online event. Okay, I got like 120 bucks. Nothing right home home yeah. about. Yeah. It's more than but I've it was, it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So playing Quake 4 and then moving to Quake Champions. And, and now I guess you're playing Quake Live a little bit more too. How do you How do you approach learning a game? Well, Quakes, I mean, as most people listen to this, especially I played Quake Duel, know it's it's a different animal. Um, honestly, my Quake Live, I've played now, I think, five light duel sessions, and I find the item timing and stuff to be pretty tricky. And um, I, I, I really can't say, like, how I approach that because I'm just falling back on like what I know from my previous experience, which I was a really immature player. And basically like, I was like, Oh man, I run the armors and then I charge you and use my great aim power. You, It works you know, for claws. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I ain't claws, bro. <laughs> right, I'm a very poor man's claws. Um, but I, I wouldn't even go that far. Cause I was, I just, I didn't understand all the things I understand now. And basically, I mean, I watch like with Quake Live, I didn't play that at all. So a good example would be that um, I watch like if I want to study a map, like I want to learn Elder, for example, I watch a lot of notable games where, well, like the 2016 QuakeCon finals, for example, where there were a lot of tense moments, you know, you had to play defensively, but also very offensively in a couple of key situations to make sure the score t- was tied so you could go to overtime or whatever. Um, I just kind of take notes from those. And um, when I try to practice, I try to recreate some of those situations, force those. So when you see them in real, you know, quote unquote, real games, then you've had a little bit of experience dealing with it. And it's not something new that's making you think or you know, react a little bit slower than you would if you, you know, practiced it a bunch. Yeah, you see a lot of a lot of that kind of thing where you, you, you see people make the same mistakes over and over again in, in pro tournaments even. Like I, all the way back to Quake 2, you can watch Thresh run people through that furnace trap, right? And, <laughs> yeah. 
and that exists in dusk as well like there's a, a one map where you have this meat grinder you can switch it on run through there really fast before the trap door falls and people just get annihilated if they try to chase you and the same That's thing cool. yeah quake champions as well you it's not there's no traps but just generally speaking you'll have people that just constantly want to jump up the jump pad in the middle of blood covenant and and this is i'm just talking really low rent new player type type situation but so how do you how do you break habits that's a huge well, problem for people a, a big thing um i'd really like to see in quick champions that you have to you know like use external software for right now is demos um big thing back in the day you know people were kind of guarded you know about tactics and stuff so you had to watch your own demos and whatnot to get a feel for what not to do so if you walked into a room or did something where you thought a sound cue you know meant it was the right time to charge and then suddenly you're eating rockets and you're dead and you give up a string of like 10 frags you know you had to watch your own demos a lot back in the day to see where things went wrong how you were baited and um that was a lot of what i did even when i was kind of quote unquote pro i don't know i was not terrible pro we'll say that but you, you just study your, a lot of your own like w- watch your own footage and right. see like okay this is what I, I did good but also this is what i did bad and you know you keep going up jump pad and you died 14 times in the match and 11 of those were going to jump pad i mean you just watch your own footage and you can um see that's something you need to be mindful of be mindful of it practice it and eventually you won't even have to think about it you'd be on to the next thing you need to improve in your game some people don't see their own flaws though they they only see the parts where they did well that they literally just oh what well, I, I don't know why i died right there like they they never process that information and it seems to me that someone like like you or or anyone higher tier or anything like that, you have to be the kind of person who is willing to adjust to their own mistakes and 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 be self critical. Like you have to have a little bit of self loathing to be successful at Quake. I think. Oh yeah, and it's it's not even on a match to match basis. And Quake Champions, it could be round around. You could find out that all right, I don't have my usual lightning gun today and i'm getting fried so let's force some long distance situations with machine gun rail maybe some rockets you know get them somewhere else or if your rail is not doing well but you know you got them with the lightning you know forcing you know mid-range situations in close with rocket so you're not have rail that day because you can't land any whatever so it's 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 a adjustment Mid game, you have to be knowing if okay, I, I suck at rail today. Let's let's hide that yeah. thing away, except for when I have to. That's really interesting. Like just so day to day, you you would based on the way that you're playing with certain weapons, you're just gonna, you know, I'm not even gonna try to rail. I'm gonna try to focus on what I know I can do right now. Yeah, I mean, the rails like if you're you're hot with it, I mean that can make it hell in duel, you know? right? just make your control reach so much further in the map if you're railing well but you know if you're missing that you're not necessarily challenging them as much when they pick up items or whatever and their stacks bigger you got to find another way to chip it away so you know you, you think about what situations would be beneficial for you maybe you in that first fight of the game you out lg'd them so 
okay, you're getting out railed next time, force that OG fight. You know, you got to just adjust to your opponent and your own play to have success if it's not going the way you'd like it to. That's really cool, man. I've never even considered thinking like that because in my mind, it's like no matter what you do, your your aim is going to be day to day inconsistent. You could be as good as you want to yep. be at it, but it's it's not a consistent thing. You, the only thing you can be really consistent about is your timing and your positioning. But it seems to me like you're playing on a level that I can't yet comprehend, and that's what I love about Quake in general is that there's there's just these layers of just. T- Tier t- after tier after tier of like, these are the problems that th- this SR rank runs into. And I've seen it casting tournaments. Like I can actually tell at between like 1350 and 1150, there's like a, a huge deficit in just item timing that mm-hmm. has almost nothing to do with, with anything to do with aim or anything like that. And then as you get higher and higher, it's like, okay, well, this guy can hit you with a vertical rail midair and this guy can't. And that's where the line is. That's so actually kind of compare like and compare myself to how I was when I was on tour versus, you know, the more mature player I am now. I'm a little bit slower because I'm an old man today. Back in the day, like I, I really knew how to fight and force situations where I could, you know, use my aim, my tactics, my dodging to get an upper hand. And um, I didn't necessarily understand when not to always force. Whereas today, um, I'm, I'm a little bit more mature and understand some of those issues you just described, or SR players, like, you know, what what not to do or what not to feed into, right. you know, how to adjust a little bit better than I used to. I, I wish I had the knowledge I have now with the uh, motor skills I had back then, man. Oof. You'll also see players that get really, you know, get to a certain level on essentially fo- like just one thing that they're very good at. So. I'll just call out Night Owl right now. He's like the the duelist dueler out there, as far as I'm concerned, at my level. Like, or honestly, above now, he's just constantly grinding and moving up and up and up and up. And he is so so fucking good at hitting rockets. Like, it's ridiculous. Oh, he- he's got the timing of it because he's never played any other Quake. This this game's rockets. He's dialed in, and I, I even saw him hit you with some pretty sick shit last night. Dude, it was crazy, like, not playing the game in, yeah. I mean, but three times in a couple months now, duel and all that, because I've had other things going on. Um, the, the little opportunities I had where I was like, yeah, I can I can plus forward here. You know, I got them, dude. Yeah. I ate a rocket dang near every time or got juggled by one or had to dodge one. There was one time he would have hit me with a long-distance rocket on, I think it was Blood Covenant, and I, I literally, I jumped it. And I had four health. It would just splattered me everywhere, and it would have won him the round. And I ended up coming back and winning the round. But, but that that one rocket, oh man, that's that's a huge thing for a player like him, though, is that he has this one tool that he's super good at. And I've only beat him maybe three times ever, and we've dueled hundreds of times against each other. And every time, it's like I denied him the rocket gun. That's pretty much the best way I know how to get to him. And and he he's very adaptive. Like he's he's super open to learning, but. There's you'll see memes on on Catholic's key where Space likes to go to his his Twitch channel and watch him lose and see his because he has a stone cold like I live in Canada it's freezing here I don't ever I don't ever change my facial expression and then he just gets so upset when he's like not it's not going his way it's the most beautiful thing in the world with his ridiculous chest hair hanging out it's open open collar shirts I'm just gonna mess oh, with that, him 
I hope he listens. Oh, that's to this. great. I I watched a little bit of his dream, but I didn't I didn't catch any of that. I'll have to I'll have to go back check out the chest hair. Yeah, it, he's great. <laughs> I, I love that guy. Um, anything else that you wanted to cover as far as learning a game, like tips that you have? Well, was, I mean, as far as duel goes, you know, if you get really good at one thing, like just like rockets, for example, um, you know, you know, you're good at that. Maybe challenge yourself to go out of your comfort zone and do things like, okay, if you suck at LG, make that appointment emphasis, go out in some free for alls, just work on it really hard or work on that rail really hard, whatever is giving you a hard time and try to instill some self-confidence. So you have more than just one tool, you know, for fights. I'm, I'm not saying this to just, just night out because he hit me with some crazy rails last night too. But anyone in general, like if you feel like you're really good with one thing, you'll be satisfied with that. You know, pick up the next thing and the next thing. And once you feel like you mastered it enough to your liking, you know, the next uh, area in your game you want to improve, move on to it. You know, Quake's got a, such a high skill ceiling, you can never stop yeah. improving. So just, just pick something and run with it. Something I struggled with in Quake Champions particularly was the railgun. Like for me, the longest time anyone who was dueling me, they knew like he's not going to hit a rail. Don't even worry about the rail. Don't deny the rail. It's never going to happen. And then <laughs> I just made that a focus of mine. Like I, I had played in a couple of like state of Quake tournaments. Shout out to Slippin' on Con. Bearded slip. <laughs> so uh, the first time I played, they're like, hey, you know, you, you did well, but you suck at item timing. So go fix that. So <laughs> I took like a week and I just like I, I fixed it. I just like, I don't have a problem with item timing anymore. And then the next week is like, okay, I played Tumnus and Tumnus also sucks at item timing. Hey, Tumnus. But his aim is ridiculous. Like he's just like, I, I he almost didn't mm-hmm. get an item in the whole game. This is DM six. And he's just able to outrail the shit out of me the whole time. And he's just nuking me with aim. And, and he ended up winning in the fifth round and, so I had to just come to uh, just come to Jesus moments. Like I need to figure out how to make people respect my rail. And I, I don't know what it was. I, I experimented with everything. I literally went through a list of like every pro's settings and just day by day, cha- like copied them, tried to learn something from what they do. Um, I think I, I settled on like a hybrid of like where I had already been comfortable and claws and Kilson because they do use mouse Excel and I don't like a lot of it, but I, I, I use do too. Yeah, point zero one, like that's fine for me. And for whatever reason, now I feel super confident hitting maybe thirty percent rails in a match. Nice, yeah. Um, I use Mouse Excel also, and that was at the insistence of Jonathan Wendell, Mister Fatality. Um, I was a high sense player when I first entered that Fatality house, and he was like, "Yo, you can still have all your really snappy whips and stuff." but you can have better LG if you lower your base sense and right. work with Excel. And man, that was, that was one of the biggest tips I'd ever gotten because, you know, it allowed me to kind of keep my exact same feel for those whip rails, whip rockets and all that. But the LG, it was just so much lower sense. It was way easier to use, just melt, melted like butter. So, so when you aim particularly like, like a rail gun or any hit scan weapon, do you try to just keep your cursor on them or are you more of a dot like, know when the dot is on the target. I've seen a lot of different philosophies on this. Some people think you just put it on there and shoot like star centurions, that guy, but some people think that's, yeah, that's how I am with the rail, put it on there and shoot. Uh, same with the rocket. 
I mean, not rocket shotgun. Rocket's a little bit different because obviously, you know, you're aiming for the splash and a lot of prediction depending on the distance. But LG, yeah, I, I don't even like a lot of people use their dodging or whatever to aim their LG, and I, I'm not like that. I just, man, I'm, I'm trying. Pardon my language, but I'm trying like fuck to aim that crosshair on you the whole time I'm LG. And yeah, <laughs> I find that easy. Like I, I'm a 800 DPI, like one point three two five like I, i'm totally comfortable with like the really tight aiming it's the big whips that i had always struggled with and yeah, i've yeah. always i've always had this issue where like i don't really like you said you point and click with the railgun. i wait until you walk through that crosshair typically i'll move side to side and try to like just know when you're going to walk through my crosshair and hit it then well sometimes i mean i i guess sometimes i still do that you know for shots you want to be sure that you're hitting versus shots that you you know, have to get out a little bit quicker. Um, you know, sometimes you can't wait for that that strafe to line right. up. You got to actually aim it. But yes, I mean, if you watch a lot of pros, I mean, even some of them that have like the best whips and stuff, every now and then if they're trying to hit a really easy rail, sometimes it'll be a strafe and combination of mouse rail just so it's easy. Um, but I'm... I'm fully of the camp that you shouldn't LG and strafe your aim, you shouldn't MG and strafe your aim. You should always be able to manipulate your hand or wrist, you know, depending on if you're high sense, low sense, claw or whatever style grip. Um, just so, you know, your opponent can't do it back to you. They can't move and aim with you. It's true. Um, I have basically two more topics to cover. Uh, the first sure. one, yeah. The first one is, uh, so you you manage ultraviolence on Discord, right? Mm-hmm. And when I first got into this game, I I really didn't understand the the social aspect of like how to find other players. And I went and I searched, I think it was like the Quake Reddit or Quake North America posted your server in there and I found it and I joined it and then I was so overwhelmed by food porn that I exited out, <laughs> moved on with my life. And then later on met you and came back around to it. How did that, how did that start? Like what, what was your uh, philosophy on managing a community? I got back into quick champions. It was same, same kind of thing. I like, I didn't, I didn't know how to find people, what to do. I got on the Facebook group, ended up meeting like one dude, talked to him and he's like, yo, get on discord. And from there I created Ultraviolence, which was actually a private server with like three people to start. Yeah. And it became like 10 people and you know 20 50 uh, onto that and we held let's we'll say insta jib even though all you guys say it's insta gib people say it's insta gib yeah english please insta jib and um <laughs> we actually got we had some cash prizes from uh some of our like original members donated myself being one of them we got a lot of uh, in-game stuff from tokyo a ton of ton of stuff. In fact, he kind of chided me for how much I asked for, it. but then he gave it all to me. So props on uh, the community managers for hooking me up. But once we advertised that, and we were trying to keep it kind of small, so it wasn't this huge, massive two-day thing. It just blew up to like suddenly we had a 200-person server, and I had to work with my buddies that were there originally to figure out. Okay, we need bots that can handle you know roles and pick up games, so on and so forth, so we can actually manage this large community that is suddenly on our hands. That's what we're going through right now, essentially. Yep. Catholic's key. Blew up. I don't want to like just give away all our plans and everything, but I, I really see a lot of uh 
a lot of new traffic happening soon. And especially because we're focusing on, or I see, uh, you know, some people just focus on one game and with the state of quake Mm -hmm. champions right now, which is the last topic I want to cover with you. We'll get to that. But I, I really don't want to just focus on like one game and let it, let it ruin everything for everybody. If it doesn't work out, what is like, what, what, for in your experience, having seen multiple iterations of Quake come and go, go ahead and just lay it on us. I've I've heard this rant a hundred times, but I feel like I feel like you have the best, most articulate idea of how this is either gonna go down or the different ways that it could go down. Well, so I got two things to say about that. Actually, kind of ties our last Discord topic to this. Um, my Discord was ultimately Quake Champions only, mm-hmm. aside from you know food porn and memes and that type of thing. <laughs> And um, we're having to kind of grow. We're actually going to go undergo some changes to help reorganize, restructure ours just because of the current state of QC, which um, I believe could go one of two ways. Um, it's obvious I want the game to thrive and do well and have tournaments. We all do. And all yeah, like I, I, I'm super pushing for that. Um, it could be that they're like kind of winding it down. I'm not hoping for doing what they're doing with Quake Live, you know, getting support, taking care of all the bugs, all the things that prevent people from launching the game and eventually getting to the path of releasing the binaries. I'm hoping that's not the case. Um, I'm hoping they do what they did with Quake 4, which happened while I was on tour and then they released all their fixes like after I decided, oh man, you know, I'm not cut out for this. Basically, Raven, um, made Quake 4, made the Quake 4 multiplayer a lot like Quake 3, but there were some engine issues, you know, it was a lot like right. Quake Doom 3. And uh, there were a handful of tournaments that were held with, like, community maps, the TMP maps. And um, my last event, which was WSVG Summer 2006, was in uh, July, over the 4th of July weekend. They took a lot of the pros, myself included, behind closed doors and like, hey, this is what we've been working on for a few months since we took over from Raven, much like they've just taken over from Saber. Um, and they showed us like the core gameplay was a little bit better. It was faster. They made a lot of tweaks. There were a lot of performance enhancements. Um, you could have like a dual tourney where you're on a server with eight people. And you could have a bracket all on the same server where you guys played through it and saw who was the winner of your little eight-person friendly group. There were a lot of cool enhancements that they made after taking over from Raven. And I'm really hoping, fingers crossed, that's the route that Quake Champions is going right now. It seemed like they're taking a step back from having to push out the frenzied releases each month with me being a software engineer and being the only software engineer supporting, uh, well, a large large business right now i can understand that having to do a release each month might be tough on their small team so taking a step back and all the fixes that they're making performance enhancements um, they say is game breaking bugs stuff like that i believe they're on that path that they were with quake 4 and it ultimately made quake 4 like a lot more fun to play brought a lot of players back to it and um the pro scene only lasted like another six months after that but people continued to play the game for quite a while because fixes were so robust and man it was quake again with crouch sliding this new mechanic it was fun joe rogan's playing quake 4 right now with ryan redman (laughs) like that's good news and and i think that his audience is going to bring in there's so many people that just do everything he says me included sometimes it's like if he likes something I'll, I'll probably just give it a try. So I think we're going to see some influx with 
with that into Quake. I hope, especially after this March patch, if they do it correctly. Um, yeah, that's really my hope. Um, I remember a quote from Sync Error. I'm thinking it was in November or December. It might have even been just before CTF came out, saying that he hoped by summer or whatever, which I think he was meaning like QuakeCon, perhaps timing, that he wanted CTF to be the competitive mode. Well, that would mean some maps, a bunch of fixes and tweaks and all that stuff. So if that's their goal um, and they're really setting out to kind of you know get Quake in front of a big audience again over the summer, I think we're going to see a lot of good stuff for the game. Yeah. I mean, fingers crossed. Um, we, we get a great patch in March. A lot of people that aren't able to run the game right now are able to come back and join us again. And uh, things just kind of hit the ground rolling and sort of snowball from there, I'm hoping. So do you think uh, it is going to take over development? You know, if they haven't already, I'm really hopeful they do. And if they haven't already, I'm guessing that it's maybe because, you know, it's it's not their technology. They don't know all the finesse behind the code that Saber wrote. So they may be still sorting a lot of that out. Um, I know that the patch in December had a lot of issues for other players. Personally, for me, the game ran a lot better, even though on my rig, I had no performance issues anyways. It was notably better. But for others, uh, you know, they ran into some problems. I think that may be from it kind of stepping in and like, oh, we found all these issues, but then not going some of the finesse because they haven't had enough time with it yet. So I think one more time, um, maybe they will take over the whole thing. Maybe they won't, but them being involved can't be bad at all. It's just only going to get better. All right. I, I don't really have anything else for you, man. I really appreciate you doing this. Hey dude, this has only been my third ever quake interview. Um, you know, I did one when I was pro once before all that. So, dude, thanks for having me. This was a blast. I'm very, very humbled that you thought I'm worth your time to talk to and broadcast to other folks, brother. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, this is a, it doesn't have to be over. Like, I, I just wanted to go ahead and tout off. Like, you can check out articles from us, uh, me and Kentucky Nerd over at QuakeFans.net. On that note, you did write a little bit after your pro scene. You, you want to talk about that before we go? Yeah, actually, so my sponsor, uh, My Game Room, they were based in Curaçao, the Netherlands Antilles, uh, Dutch island, and um, they started a thing called Gaming Junkie. That was an online sort of esports gaming Quake website that we all wrote for. I helped build the website. Um, I think it was WordPress based for a little bit, and it gained a lot of success in short time because we formatted our articles a little bit differently, had a different creative style for each piece. It was really cool. And from that born what was called pro gamer and the E in gamer was a three pro gamer magazine, totally for esports and all that. And their uh, introductory issue came out in, let's see, been QuakeCon 2007. Uh, it came out, had a cool little cutout with the Quake logo on the cover. It was cool stuff. But basically, I was able to write for them, their website, Gaming Junkie, for a long time uh, based on my limited success uh, playing Quake and gaining recognition there and my experiences with all that. And eventually, I was able to parlay that into writing for a magazine for, I think, two issues for a few months helped get the initial thing out the door before I moved on to a local software engineering job and 
kind of never looked back in that field. But man, it it was a great time getting really, to fly out there. I miss the days of magazines. I still read like retro gamer magazines, stuff like that. It, websites could be overwhelming. I really get that with people. If you just have this long feed of like, uh, people want to be spoon fed sometimes, I think. And that's something we've yeah, lost in this era. Yeah. Jesus. Man, you've had a fucking crazy ass life so far. What else do you have? No. Like, what else are you gonna do? I don't understand. Oh man, I, I don't know. You know, I, I I don't necessarily know if this is for the interview, but I I have an audience, so this this is like my last chance to really actually be competitive at uh, like a arena FPS or whatever. Um, I can tell that I'm slowing down a lot, so I, I'm really hopeful that Quick Champions turns around or. You know, we we get some other fun arena game that we can all play and have a blast with. But um, I, I just, you know, I'm just just along for the ride, having a good time, and and really enjoying folks like yourself and the friends I've met uh, playing Quake because that's that's what will endure and what will last ultimately through the years. Yeah, the last few plugs are basically like Catholic Keep. We're working on the creating a more competitive scene for not just Quake, not just Quake Champions, but all arena first person shooters. Cause I want synergy. I want to see everyone succeed. I don't want to see this community go away. This is the, the primavera of cool people. As far as I'm concerned, you can't, you can't touch this. Yeah. You gotta be a special type to play arena shooters. I really yeah. dig them. And what you guys have done with the keep, with all this keep, you've set it up for a lot of growth, a lot of different games. It's a, it's a really fun place. It's actually totally different than my ultraviolence discord i i totally dig how you guys are setting it up and um how you guys take input and you know listen to the players make it really fun have dual pool nights like your your discord's uh blast man so definite shout out to you guys um only other thing i want to say really shout out to my dudes not necessarily like come to my discord server but guys that have been there from the beginning and have supported me along with my girlfriend who um is the biggest supporter and pusher. Like she's she's the reason I was even playing Quick Champions Duel to begin with. I suffered a injury playing sports and kind of was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna be stuck sitting for a year. What what can I do? And Quick Champions was coming out of beta. She really urged me to, you know, since I got injured playing sports and lost that competitive edge of my my life, outlet in my life, to play Quick Champions competitively, um, you know, amateur and that's that was what I did. But all those guys, the Ultraviolet server, Dubrook, Boom, Bella, X24, Everthus, and uh, my main man, Saul and Vinegar, who's just grinded out a ton of duels with me. And I know not all of them were that fun for you, buddy. But you, you guys have been awesome. I appreciate all the support and love. Uh, you guys make this all worthwhile, for sure. Yeah, you... The last thing is that you you told me that your girlfriend was uh, like making flashcards for you for spawn sets. So your your story, <laughs> it's, to sum it up from like, from the very beginning of this interview to the end, is that you've had a lot of really good people in your life supporting you through this. Like your dad started off being super supportive, and all the way to this point, man, you 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 have this girl who's like just supporting you, pushing you to try to be competitive and all that kind of stuff. My wife's amazing too. She's a great cook. She's super cool, super supportive, but she's never made me flashcards. So I may have to talk to her about that. Oh man, she she makes me starting spawn point flashcards and then quizzes yeah. me on them. She steals my store lag hoodie that I'm wearing right now. 
she steals my quick champions hoodie i have she's she's just the best man and um i actually have a bit of a unique setup i'm trying to figure out a way around it when i'm streaming because i i duplicate my monitor onto our main living room tv our 70 inch and i also have sounds that aren't like I have my my sounds be, being played through my headphones, so I can hear them obviously. But then I have them also being output through a pair of speakers in our living room, so she can hear and see what's going on. And she's a huge part of my tournament. So you know, like when something goes into sudden death, she's just sitting there on the couch, like gripping gripping the pillow, like oh man, it's so tense. So uh, she she's been great, and I wouldn't be able to do any of this without her for sure. That's amazing, dude. I I just yeah again thank you for coming out thanks for talking to me I like your sore leg shirt or hoodie or whatever that is Godzilla so, so sore way, leg so spitting <laughs> see spitting yeah all right man <laughs> thank Peace you is, for having me this yeah. was a blast peace, peace everybody. Bro.